0: Welcome to Kingdom Women, Enterprise, Women Empower Wednesday. I am your host, Teresa Scudder, and with me I have my, who is, I'm the founder of Kingdom Women, Enterprise, and I have my daughter with me, who is Niaja, my sister Lisa is with me, Niaja is our COO, my sister is our Director of Committees, and welcome again to Women Power Wednesday
1: hey so today we'll be talking about overcoming different types of abuse with our special guest my sis acilla davis acilla Acilla, she got it (laughs) all right so come on silla come on in you're muted let's get you unmuted so you can come in introduce yourself tell us a little bit um about who you are what you do because she's also an author as well. So yeah, come in and um, introduce yourself to everyone.
2: Hello, my name is Ascilla Davis. I am the founder of um, Agape Water International Safe Haven, which is a nonprofit organization um, out of the state of New Jersey. We have three programs. Our first program that we um, have since 2017 is called Pink Star, Pink Star Diamonds. Pink Star Diamonds is a um, mentoring group for girls and young ladies ages um, in middle school and high school. Um, We also have young men of valor who we do the same thing with young men, middle school and high school as well. Um, But my baby, my passion uh, is the HEARTS program. It's um, HEARTS stands for Hands Everywhere, Adapt and and Relating, Teaching Strong. That program is a Stand in the Gap program for single-family households, um, but we specialize in um, families who have um, a parent that is deceased, a parent or guardian that is deceased or incarcerated. Um, but we stand in the gap for that parent. We may give the other parent a break as to babysitting, as to cooking, we may come in and clean, um, just to give that parent that's there with the kids by themselves all of that time, um, just giving them a mental health break. All of our services are free and um, yeah. Oh, also I have a book <laughs> called Her Eyes of Awareness. And in my book, it talks about um, overcoming different types of abuse, um, sexual abuse, mental abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse, um, and how to overcome it, how I saw things, how I see things and how God sees things and how um, how we can get over those things without taking medication, um, do different type of meditations and uh we'll go into that a little bit later in the conversation
1: yeah I a
0: question wait a before you get started now, i have a question now for yeah. you're standing the gap because i know we're gonna go over your book but you're standing the gap now is it just for people like a single parent home or for people that's just incarcerated incarcerated or do you just help people in general it's
2: So the main thing is to help single family households, single parent households. Um, But we do specialize in the households if they have a deceased parent or if they have a parent that's incarcerated, meaning that we have experienced those as well. Um, Having a deceased parent in the household, um, me and my board, somebody has experienced that or having a parent that's incarcerated, but we all have experienced being a single parent as well okay right. i
1: think that's really awesome because um i guess in society there's like this thing where like they feel like um people shouldn't have like parents shouldn't get breaks like you know them, your kids you gave birth to them children you're responsible for them kids you know if you wanted a break then you shouldn't have had children <laughs> but I think it's really awesome that, you know, you do give those parents a break because sometimes it can be overwhelming, especially when you have, you know, had a hard day and you just need a moment to gain some sanity, but, you know, oh, you, you got little munchkins, you like,
0: hey I know like even now my, my 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 kids are grown I have four kids too and I was a senior parent too so I I get that I raised my four kids I actually work two jobs sometimes they had to watch themselves. i give them money I said look this is some money get y'all some dinner I'll be back tonight <laughs> you know because mm-hmm. I know I I know how it is and like this is I wish this program was around when I was raising my kids because then they probably had a little bit better supervision. <laughs> a little better supervision, especially during the times when I had to work and I didn't have childcare or you know they are at that point now when they are a little bit older, when they're older and they can watch themselves, but still, they still need that adept supervision around to mm-hmm. make sure that they're not doing things out here that they should not be doing that kind of stuff you know so I think that's an excellent excellent program I really do one of the things
2: that one of the things Teresa that you said was that you had to work two jobs Mm -hmm. right so you know you work in two jobs you come home you're tired you know and you still have these kids and the thing about it is you might need a nap you might just want to sit in a bubble bath for a couple hours um where we would take the kids and take them to the park um We may, you know, take them to the park, go cook for them, um, take them to sporting events, um, things like that. Getting really to help in childhood obesity because we get the kids out. We want to get them out of the house Mm -hmm. um, so that they're not behind the video game, so that they're not behind the television. We want to our focus is to really get them out of the house, um, into a sport, into some if they like music, um, whatever it is that they are interested in getting them out of the house, getting them to some type of um, entertainment for them Mm -hmm. where the parent that's home can have that break. Because as parents, even if we have two family households, we need a break. Even if it's two family, two parent households, but it's even more for that parent that is by themselves, working doubles, especially look at all the prices of everything going up. Right. You have a parent, let's say you take a parent, a male or female, doesn't matter. They're doing double shifts to try to pay for rent, Try to pay for food, try to pay for everything, and they don't have a break. They're falling asleep yeah. at work, taking naps at work, just to get that mental break. Sometimes we need a mental break from hearing the kids say "Mom, Mom, Mom." Trust yes, me, mommy. I know. <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> I you know. It's a
2: lot.
0: Yes, because I know, like with raising my kids, you know, like I said, they all grown I was, and everything else. But even like raising them and everything, it's it is, and it could be very stressful very very stressful to you know having to go through that by yourself and you know sometimes we don't pick all the great partners in the world (laughs) sometimes you know and then sometimes you know by time you find out that they wasn't the greatest partner in the world it's too late because you got the kids and you know and I'm the mother but I know sometimes in my mentality I I had these kids and I know I have to raise these kids and even if I have to do it by myself I'm going to do it you know, that kind of thing. And I'm going to do all that I can to make sure I keep a roof over my kid's head and everything else. And you do, you do be needing a break. Cause I know there's plenty of times where I used to come home. I used to come home late. I'd be like so tired cause I had to get up. Like one time I remember coming home and I know it was nothing but God that really got me home. I was so tired that Somebody thought I was drunk the way I was walking because, and I don't drink. I don't. I don't drink. I don't get high or anything. Like that, but I was so tired, and they was like, "You drunk, Andrew?" I was like, "No, I'm just tired." And then I, I get a couple of hours of sleep, and they had to get back up and start that grind all over again. So yeah, you do need a break. I mean, not Asia. She practically had to raise her baby sister. <laughs> raise her baby sister because I worked to try to make sure they had you know so it's good that you started this program like I know a lot of mothers even now that like me help like a release or just sometimes they may just have the single parent that's not always mentally steady to watch them correctly either and they need some help you know so there's you know, this is a really great program. I'm glad y'all started that program. Maybe y'all need to merge some of y'all little program out here to Arizona, because I got three little grandkids that y'all could take out. Because I get tired <laughs> of babysitting. Tell you the truth, <laughs> my daughter, my youngest daughter, has two kids, and she is she's. She goes to school and she works. She goes to school during the day and she works at night. So the burden of babysitting is on me or, you know, not Asia, whoever's in the house at the time kind of thing. So we need a break just from babysitting. We need a babysitter to help us from babysitting.
2: <laughs> us babysit. It's true because we, we all need that reset button. Yeah, you know, we need that reset button. And, um, it's, it's, you know, being a parent is, it's fun, but when it comes down to responsibility and raising your children upright and in the right way, um, sometimes it's, it's it becomes burdensome, not the mm-hmm. fact of being a parent, but the duties of it.
0: Right. Right. You got the that, duties right?
2: of being a parent, being a good parent, mm-hmm. you know, um, and just, you know, wanting to, wanting to Sometimes the parents want to go to the park and the kids like, you know, I I did have a family who we stepped in um, the parent. She had to run some errands and didn't want to take the kids with her. But this is a time where we can help the kids learn how to cook things, make peanut butter Mm -hmm. and jellies and, you know, things where they don't have to cook on the stove, where they can still be safe and stuff like that. You know, we try to implement safety and hygiene and all of that stuff included as well.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, a lot of um like parents and adults they suffer with mental health issues in silence. And you know, especially yes. with um, you know, women who suffer from postpartum depression and then they're doing it alone and they don't have that, you know, kind of support. Mm-hmm and stuff and I know hearing about this one young mother, you know, um, who was even reaching out to the father of her children and really was giving a cry out for help. She had postpartum depression, she was going through depression and stuff and she had three and she was like really crying out, like I really need a break, you know, I I really need someone to help. And she got to a point where she couldn't take it anymore and she took her own life and everything. Mm -hmm.
2: It is very serious. It's very dangerous. You know, people really don't know to you know, have the understanding of mental health. You know, it's, it's very important that we really educate ourselves. Um, more to me, it's more especially um, Black women, because we do carry a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we carry a lot of stuff. We was taught to carry now the households. Right. The roles have changed. Um, and, you know, we have to, t- we have to turn those rows back to where it was before, so that all of the pressure is not on the woman.
1: Right. I yeah. think, I think there's been some like, weird um, thing that has been placed, especially in black community, where getting help and you know, going to therapy, like, I ain't crazy, yeah. you know, yes. it's, it's like, so it's true. true, in Black communities, But wow. so everybody's true. suffering in silence,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but nobody wants to get help because of pride, or it's just looked as being shameful, and it's like, our family business is our business, and mm-hmm. da, 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 getting help, it's like, it's just, I mean, and not even just black community, just brown communities in general, because I know in some Latina, you know, communities, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, you know, we don't go see therapists. Like we suck that up and tough it uh-huh. out. That's just what we do. You know, we all have problems, you know, we don't need to go see this strength because we're not crazy. Strengths are for crazy people. Like, you know, why do we have that mentality, you know? Like, well, who has taught us that?
3: Like, I just think that a lot of it comes from growing up in a black home. Because I I can feel some of your vibes concerning being a single parent, but a lot of it don't touch me too much because of the fact that, uh, you know, I had to do it too. And I just, I guess with the help of God that I really made it through. So it, it, it's a little different when it comes to me, when it comes to raising my children in a single home because I did raise my kids in a single family home. But um, a lot of the struggles that a lot of other people talk about, my struggle was a, was a little different. I'm not saying that I didn't have the struggles because I did have it but um, I tried to uh, limit the struggles in my life. You know, mine was mostly financial. It was really more of a financial struggle, but because of the fact that I was always uh, the oldest in my family, so maybe I knew how to um, organize things and make things a little more easier for me once I had my children because I went from being the oldest in the household to rape into motherhood because I was a teenage mom. So I already knew how to, you know, take care of kids and do this and do that and do everything in the home because I was the oldest and my mom put some of those burdens on me. So when I became a mom, uh, I already knew how to do those things. So it was really more of a um, financial situation with me, but even with the finance, I just learned how to take care of my business and whatever I had to work with, I worked with it and whatever I didn't have, I just learned how not to have it and not to they do that. So when it came to me raising my kids, I'm not going, I'm not going to say it wasn't a burden and it wasn't hard, but. Maybe I just adapted to, I just adapt to it. And it was just that you have to do this, you have to do this. Whatever you have, you take care of your bills, whatever's left, that's your, that's your play money. And if you don't have nothing left, you just don't do it. You know, I didn't have no one to take, I didn't have no one to look out for my kids. So everything had to be rearranged. I couldn't work during the day because I had to stay home because there was no one that could take care of my kids and I didn't have the money to put them in daycare. A lot of the help that a lot of the young ladies have today, they didn't have it when I was raising my kids. They had it, but it was on a low scale and it was a lot of things you had to go through to get it. So I learned to just, okay, I can't work. So I sat on welfare and I got welfare for my kids, not even food stamps, I just got welfare money. So once they got into school all day, then it was, okay, now that I could work. But then I still couldn't work during the day because when they got sick or they needed to come home, someone had to be there. So I had to learn that I couldn't work during the day. So I had to work night shifts. So I was home during the day for my kids, getting them ready for bed in the evening, and then had to be ready to go to work at night. And that was my routine until my children really were in junior high school where I could work during the day now because they were old enough that I could send them home in a cab or they could come home and stay home until I got home. So a lot of the situations that a lot of parents go through now that are single parents, I did have them, but they wasn't maybe to the extent that most parents do go through. my frustration may not have been as burdened as a lot of parents deal with now. And then even when it comes to me, sometimes I have to really feel this compassion and really feel where this person is going through because of the fact that, like I said, maybe because I came from being the eldest of my mother and father children and being a parent at a young age, it just seemed like everything just flew from being the eldest and just being a parent. And it was just all blended. So it's it was like I'm just really doing the same thing. It felt,
0: but it felt normal.
3: <laughs> my, they're my children instead of my siblings. So a lot of things that I because my daughter, she she has three, but I've helped her with all her children. Babysit, all of them until they got to school, everything, did everything for them washed clothes, got them ready for school, got them into school, I did everything. And now that she doesn't have that help, everything is so stressful for her. And I really believe a lot of it is stressful because she never even took the time to take the advantage of all the help she had to get herself into a routine for when she would have to do this by herself, that she would have this routine. And I think a lot of parents or a lot of single people don't get a routine so sometimes things are really chaotic because there's no structure and there's no routine and i always told her you need a routine because if you don't have a routine your day can get away from you and before you know it you've been and un- had the whole day gone and you've never accomplished anything yeah so but- if you don't have a structure and a routine then you can't complete things. So even when it came to me, even watching my grandchildren, my sister know I had a routine every morning. And these wasn't even my children. My children were all. But I'm watching my grandchildren. So here it is. I'm getting up every morning at six o'clock, getting myself dressed and ready for when the kids get ready to get dropped off to me by 7:15, 7, 7:30. But I'm still preparing things like I did when I had my children
0: but I Lisa but but even 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 in the routine during that time when you had a routine even with me I had a routine with my kids too but even with parents that have a routine and things that you know like you get up you got your little routine you do this every day even in that you still be like okay I still need a still day off it. from from the from these
1: I, you, kids, you, you be like a that, zombie, like you're. You, do
3: be needing that time, like a yeah. robot,
1: just doing stuff out of but, just, you know. You just come into a cycle of just doing stuff, being just, just doing. You do. stuff, mm-hmm. But it's like now you don't have a life, you,
3: you know, because and that's you know, what it became because I never had I never had a break. See, I never had no one come and say oh, I'm going to take care. I had to take care of my kids. My mom was still working. My dad was still working. My sister and brother was teenagers in high school, getting out of high school. They had their own life. I never had a break. So I had to learn how to do things with my kids. And then, you know, if I couldn't do it with them, sometimes they did it along with their friends. But I went in from, my life went from being a the big sister, the oldest sibling helping with my with my siblings to raising your own children um by yourself and then to helping raising your grandchildren so then when it got to that point and i had already helped my daughter then it was like i'm not doing it no more because you know what to been my life so now i wanted that that time to myself don't call me nope i done did it all
2: okay you know what <laughs> I <don't> know. Too? <laughs> statistically um women who have that responsibility at such a young age to take on the role of watching their siblings they are they do become teenage parents very early because they don't know that it's something to do with mental health like you like just listening to you talk you didn't you might have not known at such a young age that you was mentally going through something Mm
3: -hmm. now
2: it was like it's almost like a rebellion I don't have to take care of these kids no more I got my own kid now (laughs) i don't want to take him no more because i done did it already so don't even ask right. me no for generations you did it with your siblings you did it with your own kids then your grandkids so now it's like if if there was a program like mine that would have stepped in with your parents
1: mm-hmm. let's take mm-hmm. it
2: back to, let's take it back three generations with your yeah. parents that would have gave your parents that that break right to where mm-hmm. you didn't have that all that responsibility like that and yeah. then you would have been able to have that same break, if because instead of it being generational, I look at those as generational curses. curses because yeah. those are things that that is put on our families that we don't even realize that it's a generational curse. You know why? Because we have been taught to cope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have been taught to like cope, normalize, with things, not complain. It's right, like normalize.
3: Yeah, it's, it's like not normal. normal.
2: Right. It's it's not normal because
3: to- I never had a childhood.
2: Right. That's exactly what I was Right. See, when
3: it came to my kids, because I never had a childhood, there you I, go. I didn't want them to experience that, so I allowed them to have a childhood. I never put my daughter as a responsibility for my son, because that was not his child; it was my child. But because growing up, and I was the eldest, and my mom and dad both worked, I was responsible somewhat for my siblings, because, you know, one parent would be going to work and the other one may be sleep or just coming home or whatever. So I was the one who got us up and made sure we got out in time to school and get to school. We walked to school together and walk home together. I was the one that made sure when we got home, you know, let's start our homework. Because by then, then my dad was coming in because my mom was already gone by the time we got off. And my dad was coming in you know, to be there for us, but I still was the in between person until one or the other one was there. So it it just, you know, it just flowed over once I start having my own children because I never really had a childhood. You know, I do the, know the, the things that some people say, oh, we did this as kids and we did that. And sometimes I sit back and I'd be like, well, I ain't never did none of that. You know, what <laughs> you was going to say, similar. <laughs> You know, I
2: do want to add to that because I'm the third oldest of 12, right? And we grew up in the inner city. And with that being said, I had a responsibility for my siblings too, right? At, you know, such a young age. So my responsibility that I was believing that I had at 12 years old was being molested by my uncle, right? So this is where some of the abuse came in at because I thought at 12 years old, still being that, um, overseer for my siblings, protector, you know, babysitter, whatever you want to call it, that I still had to protect them. So I thought, in my twelve-year-old mind, to take the abuse so that they don't get abused. Exactly. Not knowing yeah. that, not knowing that all of this stuff is mental. It all was playing a, a huge mental part on my mind, which I didn't know at the age of twelve. Yes. I just thought I'm going to protect my siblings. I'm going to take this abuse. It is what it is. But as mm-hmm. I got older and I started going through stuff like when I had my own children, you know, we're talking about abuse, right? right. And not realizing that I was really abusing my kids by holding them hostage. You know what yeah. I mean? Um. And when I say holding them hostage, I didn't let them go have a childhood like, like other people's kids. I was more protective over them yeah. because I didn't want them to go through what I went through. And then that if i would have gotten help my kids could have had um i would say like a more normalized childhood because everything i did i surrounded it by my kids because i thought i was going to protect them until i really started getting a, a, a relationship with god knowing that even if i'm not there god could protect them
1: mm-hmm. yeah. and
2: i didn't notice stuff you know you don't notice stuff because i didn't grow up in a church you know what i mean i grew up muslim so um I didn't grow up with a relationship with God. So I, and this is stuff that's in my book as well. I didn't know these things. So I was, you know, it was just being abused mentally, abusing my kids mentally. We think of abuse a lot of the times we think of a physical act, somebody getting punched, somebody getting hit, but you know, there's more to it than, than that. I I believe still that I'm a great parent but I was holding my kids in the house hostage. You know what I mean? Yes. Like how- That you had that I, protection not because-
3: yes. not yes. saying
2: that I'm not a good parent, but being able to educate myself more on abuse
3: oh, yeah. where
2: it's not going to be a domino effect. Yes. You no, know, learning to let go and let God and not yeah. just to be a cliche, you know? Well, you know, I had
3: to learn that too because of the fact that I really raised my daughter, oldest son. Her oldest child, like he lived with me, even though she, you know, she brought the clothes and stuff, but I did all the parenting stuff, you know, the day-to-day activities, getting them up, taking them, you know, sending them to school, helping with homework, feeding them, all this, everything. So when I did move from Jersey and came to Virginia, it was really a hard thing for me to let go of that, even though she would say, well, Ma, he's my son. And I'd be like, yeah, he is, but you're not the one that raised him, though. You know, I'm the one who raised them. So I had to really learn to try to let it go and stop trying to hold them because I had to, it it was really hard for me. I went through a battle with this. I really went through a really physical battle with this. But when I was praying to God about it, he, you know, he let me know I gave them kids to him, even though I kept saying, Why? Mm (laughs) But he let me know I gave them to her. I are you guys her- originally from New Jersey? Yeah, yes, I we are. Oh, and you are? Ooh, ooh.
0: Ooh. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and so I was like, and he said, I have to, you know, I I could take care of him. And I also realized, you know, there's some things in our life that God will allow us to go through even though when we look at it or we see someone going through it, we might be saying, they shouldn't have to go through this. There's no way that they should they're too young. But sometimes there's things that God will allow you, even as a child, to experience and deal with because of where he wants to bring you and where he has you yeah. to be. Yeah. And you're going to have to see it or experience it for yourself, but he gonna help you through it. Amen. And I that even though my grandson, I love all my grandkids, but because I'm the one who took care of him, it was like, oh, I can't let him go. Oh my God, well, you know, because she's this way and she that way. But the Lord had to really deal with And it was really, really hard for me. I'm telling you, it was very hard. Because of the fact that it was like, if I'm not there, then it ain't gonna work out right. You know, that was a
0: thing with me, too, when uh, when my because my grandkids was living with me one time before and with my daughter, you know, and I, I just, the thing is, I just feel like I didn't raise you this way to be that way or do that thing. So why are you doing that with your kids you know and you know your kids need this you know and so I had to tell her to leave my house because like I would get up and I, I was the one that's making any lunches and stuff. And she'd be right here in the house she will be in the house but I would be the one that made it lunch because I wanted to make sure they have it and, and, and then I just realized that you know because they in my sight and I see this, it was added more stress to me because I wanted to make sure they had their, I had to make their bottles. I had to, I was up in the middle of the night, three o'clock in the morning, changing their diapers while she laying in the bed <laughs> with them and stuff. No. So, so I had to, I had to make her leave my house. So I, and I didn't want to, because I knew that I just felt like she wasn't going to care for them. Like they should be cared for. So, but I, in order for me to release that from me and that burden from me, I had to tell her to, to leave my house. So I couldn't see it because as long as I'm seeing it, I'm going to step in and do it. And so, and I'm going to continue to step on and do it, even though it was a burden for me. So I was like, girl, you got to go. Yeah, but something, in your...
1: I, something I, you know, I realized something that God had to, do, you know, deal with me on is like, when we, when we are put in those type of positions, we create a lot of dysfunctional and unhealthy relationships um, because what we do is we get used to those roles. And so then we don't know who we are outside of those roles. So it becomes a way that we identify ourselves and then we end up with codependency issues and then we're over-sacrificing and then we also need to control. Like we're trying to prevent other things from happening. So we're trying to control it. We're really what we're doing is playing God. We're trying to be their Holy Ghost. We're trying to be (laughs) their Jesus Christ, their savior. And we're trying to be their God, their father. The one that's telling them what they need to be doing. And we're trying to control it and hold the whole universe in our hands while we're being overwhelmed why we're mm-hmm. unhappy why we hate having to do it but it's like we can't help ourselves but to do it is because we have lost our own personal identity trying to be things for other people mm-hmm. and that is things that we need to be delivered from you know and
3: i right can on. put you in he can put you in a position to be there for the people but then we don't know when the position is is yeah. ended mm-hmm. and so we so still we we to be holding on. Right.
2: So, Amen. Asilla, is that the reason why you wrote your book? Is is that the reason? So the reason why I wrote my book, y'all, is it was during COVID. Um, everybody was quarantined, the world was shut down, and I was in prayer. And I heard God say, "Write it and write, write it down, write everything down." And um, He started giving me like the chapters, reminding me of stuff that I've been through, and was just showing me how this is gonna help young girls. It's gonna help women. Um, uh, people are going to get saved through this, through your testimony. It is your story. And this is, that's why I wrote the book. I never saw myself writing a book. I never, I've never been like a writer. Um, Mm -hmm. I've always did really well with talking. Um, so some of, some of the books, (laughs) yeah, some of the stuff I had to actually record, um, and then go back and write it, like listen to it again and go back and write it. Um, so yeah, that is, that's the reason why I wrote the book because that's just,
0: just give us a little bit about your, like what's to look for in your book.
2: Yes, So some of the stuff you could look for in my book, um, it talks about when I was molested as a young girl. Um, Mm -hmm. also it talks about, um, how I, you know, I was hanging out with a bunch of friends and I took some ecstasy pills and how I was almost electrocuted and raped. Um, It talks about um, how I went through different type of abuse with my children's father. Um, and so it talks about from being mm-hmm. sexual, sexually abused, physical abuse, mentally, it talks about all in different stages in my life um, mm-hmm. from a little girl up until I was 37, how long that is, you know? And mm-hmm. now I'm 39 and I'm, you know, my healing process is taking place now. Um, doing different speaking engagements, writing my book, um, speaking to different people about how to get out of domestic violence situations and, you know, stuff like that. So,
3: uh, Not to cut you off. um, All right, I just lost my train of thought. Um, Your book, um, how can people get your book?
2: So um, um, I can put my... Email in the chat. If you email me, I can mail it to you. If you want a signed copy, you can um, email me. I can send you a signed copy. You can pay through Cash App, or you can get it right off of Amazon. Her Eyes of Awareness on Amazon. Um, the book is twenty dollars. And if you get it off Amazon, the only thing it won't be signed, but it's the same exact thing. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. Well, I
1: just wanted to say. Um, I wanted to send. I to send I
3: said, it to a couple. I'm of people. so
1: proud of you, Asilla. Hello, everyone that's watching us live on Facebook. Just want to address the audience.
3: Yes.
0: Um, Yes. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining
1: us. Uh, Your daughter gave you a shout out and had a couple of conversations with you and was saying, um, you know, um, when it was coming to parent um, parenting, a lot of women feel exactly how you felt. Um, My daughter's
0: name is Amelia.
1: Yeah, my cousin Amelia. Um, we got a Shar, and then we have our um sister Thea and a Regina Davis.
2: Let's say hello. Hello. <laughs> hello, Regina Davis. That's my aunt. Hello, is that Shar Handy? Yes. Hi, Charmaine. Thanks for <laughs> joining.
0: Us. This is our shout out time. You, <laughs> you
3: got all the family out there now. <laughs> I'm more family.
0: <laughs> hey, but I, I think that what you were saying as far as like um being in an abusive relationship, because I was in an abusive relationship as well. Um with um my agent and my father. Um, I was with him for seven years and like uh and we was actually engaged to be married and the law was like uh like because I got saved really like when I was 15, 16 years old when I got saved. And then I stepped away from the church because Teresa wanted to do Teresa kind of thing and doing that process that's when I hooked up with my agent and my father and the Lord even said to me then he was like if you marry if you think things are bad now how much worse do you think it's going to be if you marry them and I was like you know what Lord you're right so uh, that's not going to happen <laughs> that's not going to happen <laughs> okay <laughs> that's Heard not happening that. Yeah, you know, and, like, so I know, like, it is a hard thing to, like, when you're in a relationship and you know it's abusive and you know it's not healthy, And but I think a part of me was, like, if I just show them that I love them or if I just show them that I'm here for them or or if I just show them that things can be better, that they're going to change.
1: They're going to change. I can change you. I can help you. (laughs)
0: that was that was that was what my mentality was at that time like okay and then I had to but then I had to realize that okay can't nobody change this person first of all but God and they had to be willing to want to change you know but if they have that mentality that they don't see that there's nothing wrong with what they were doing then you know then they're going to continue on and I know that they didn't feel like anything was wrong because of the simple fact Um, He said to me that he, he grew up like where his mother and stepfather would fight and things like that. Which his mother was more of the instigator one, because the father never he didn't he wasn't one. He was more like his outward more defended himself because she was more of the abusive one, which is was his mom. And so he was like, and you know they would get into these fights and where people bleeding, they clean up and then you know they would be like, come on, let's go out to graphics. So <laughs> he thought things like this. That he was thought normal. things where that was normal. Like okay, we can get into this tussle and fight and black eyes and bloody mouths and we just clean up and all is well and let's go have dinner. Me, you, the kids and stuff like that. I'm like, no, that ain't normal. (laughs) (laughs) That's not normal, no. You know, my Mm -hmm. mother and father, they got into into their arguments and things like that too. But even as a kid, I was like, that ain't normal for people. Who wants to wake up every day fighting and arguing? You know, who wants to wake up like, you know, and get into this thing where now, you know i'm scared to go outside because i'm thinking you out there and you might attack me you know i could be walking my kids who wants to you know who wants to live their life in that in that mindset no mm-hmm. i was like you know no. What? What
1: people do that and don't even realize that they're doing because you know what i was like you know, like what um, Sister Silla was saying about how she was trying to protect her children, but the way that she was being with her children, I was being like that with my own self. I was being abusive with my own self. You know, I was purposely keeping myself in the house and isolating myself out of fear of people doing things to me, trying to keep people from hurting me and like, you know, eventually I start thinking, oh, I'm just an introvert. You know, I just like being alone, you know, kind of thing, but really, no, I was scared, (laughs) I was afraid and like the Lord had to really show me that, you know, no, you were doing this because you're operating in the spirit of fear. You're trying to keep yourself from being harmed, from being abused, from being sexually assaulted by people and from being physically abused by people because it was becoming my everyday life, so I figured if I stay in the house, if I stay in my room, then I won't get hit, then I won't get beat, then someone won't try to touch me, someone won't, you know, sexually assault me. If I hide myself here, if I, you know, am the first one that goes to school, then I won't you know, confront my bullies. If I'm the last one that leaves and hides until everyone goes, then, you know, I won't be sexually assaulted by the boy in school kind of thing. And so I was hiding myself, keeping myself isolated, trying to protect myself, Mm -hmm. but then it was also causing uh, depression in my life and also always being a constant fear that someone's going to get me and things like that. It gave me anxiety and stuff. Like I would always feel like shadows or like someone is like near me. I was afraid to be alone in rooms with like male or another male teacher. As soon as like they would enter into a room, I would get nervous and immediately assume this person might try to assault me. Like I need to get Mm -hmm. out of here. And so literally always living in a constant state of fear and stuff like that. And and like things that I was doing, I didn't even realize I was, you know, coping. That was my way of trying to cope with the things that I was experiencing. And then even with like, um, you know, a lot of people will say like, you know, someone goes through you know, any kind of abuse and stuff like that, that, um, you know, that they should, you know, get over it or, you know, get over it quickly. Or, you know, sometimes like, and I didn't realize that, you know, I experienced sexual abuse and some kind of abuse and they didn't even realize it happened or I kind of like shielded myself to forget that it even happened.
3: Shut it down, yeah. But you know,
1: that,
0: that
3: now, Asia,
1: I went through that process too because
0: uh, I don't know what I was listening to. I was listening to somebody and, um, and then it just made me look back over my life, over some things and incidents that happened to me, like from when I was 12. Well, no, no, really younger than I was 12. I would say like, I was maybe like eight, eight years old. And like, um, like being touched and stuff when I was eight years old and like as a couple of times and even as I got older and being touched and and so and then brought back because like when you get only like I don't know if I just block a lot of stuff out of my mind like even today like my kids be like mind you I'm like no I don't remember like people like from Jersey that I see they be like oh I'm like no I don't remember and I think I don't know if I just built up a wall around me or something and that a lot of days I got blocked like blocked off and I don't remember but then like as years go by and certain situations happen like i I start things start coming back to me, like things that happened to me when I was younger, things that happened to me as I was getting older and stuff like that. And like up until like maybe I was like a teen, you know, being touched and things like that where like people had molested me, raped me and things like that. And like I never told none of my family members, but I just kept it to myself because you just go on with life. Like normal. And I was like, and then the Lord, you know, really just not bring it to me. Maybe that's the reason why I get, got into a abusive relationships. That's maybe that's the reason why, like, there were certain people I dated. Like, were uh, yeah, like, like every relationships that I had, they were not normal relationships. You know, even they were abusive or um, they were alcoholics, drug addicts, kind of thing. And like, the Lord is this, like, maybe because of those situations that is like bringing it up to me now,
3: mm-hmm. you know, so. It was, it was a familiarness, mm-hmm. like anything that yeah. was abnormal seemed normal because yeah. of what hadn't happened.
2: Yeah. But,
3: and and a lot of times these things do, they, you know, we experience, sometimes we experience things in our life that sometimes we don't tell our parents or we don't say anything to people and we keep it to ourselves Mm
2: -hmm. because
3: we just feel like maybe it's better off not to say nothing or whoever the abuser was made us feel like we better not say nothing. And we grow up and sometimes your parents don't even know that you have experienced these things or these things has happened in your life. And I used to always be aware that when it came to my kids because my mom You know, she told us we didn't know when we were younger, but as we got a little older, like my mom used to always say to us that she was abused by her uncle and she was molested her and her sister who was real close. They were like two, three years apart, but he molested them too. And she had like a very, uh, she had no respect for men. And she, you know, told us once we got older and she got saved and we were saved you know, she told us how that, you know, a lot of the problems that her and my dad had when he was married, it was because she had no respect for men's because of what happened to her when she was young. And the abuse of her being sexual molested made her have no respect for men's, even though, you know, my dad wasn't abusive to her or whatever. He may have been a little army man, you know, grouchy, but (laughs) he, you know, still is. Yeah, he, he took care of home. He worked every day. He never hit on her, anything like that. But because of the things she went through, she never was healed from it. And she really didn't get healed from it until she got saved. And the Lord dealt with her with these things and everything. And so when she, you know, used to tell, you know, she used to tell me a lot of it. And some of the ways that my mother act when she was married to my dad, I found out that a part of me had that kind of aggressive spirit that she had when it came to certain things. But when I got born again, I realized it was something that I didn't want in my life, you know, and I used to tell the Lord, I didn't want to be like that. Like, I didn't want to have that type of disrespect or or anything because I've, I found it to be, uh, uh, I don't know, it just didn't seem right to me, even though I couldn't pinpoint what that spirit was. So some of the things that she went through, it brought on that in her life. But over time, like once I became born again and I, you know, used to pray, I used to always tell the Lord, I don't want to be like that. You know, I don't want to be like my mom. I don't want to be disrespectful to men or whatever. But at the same time, I don't want them to just disrespect me either. You know, I'm not going to accept disrespectfulness either. But talking about abuse, I never really dated men that abused me because I wasn't going for that, but I did end up marrying a man who was verbally abusive, you know, when things didn't go his way or whenever, you know, he felt like that he wanted to just, you know, talk junk or whatever he felt like he was doing, he would be very abusive to me verbally. But even in that, you know, the I didn't, I knew it was verbal abuse, but because of the fact that, you know, I, I could be quiet, but you catch me, you know, I'm I always got that fightness in me. So I wouldn't accept it from him, you know, and I would tell him, like, if you can't respect me, then you have to go. I'm not going to sit here and allow you to just keep, you know, bringing your whatever the issues or things that you're going through, you want to put them off on me because I'm not the one who's given it to you I've done it to you but you want to take it out on me I don't want to accept that and I'm not going to accept it but I do know what it is to be in a relationship with people who who do you know verbally abuse you physical abuse I never went through you know and maybe you could call that verbal and mental abuse because sometimes you know when people do that it can deal with you or mess with you mentally I just don't think that I don't, you know, it bothered me so much mentally. It was more just that, oh, you want to talk junk? You got to go. I ain't dealing with it. So to to really uh, say um, how I felt in it, uh, I just, you know, always came back with something. It was like, oh, you want to talk junk to me? I can talk junk back and then I can do anything even greater. I can get you up out of here and be done with you. So that's how I dealt with it when it came to him but when the marriage was really coming to like an end it was just like you know I just didn't want to deal with him no more because of of some of that situation of him you know being very verbally abusive and plus the things that I would do with him with him being you know on drugs and stuff but uh, I just think that a lot of times things that we have have dealt with dealt with in our childhood it tends to cause us to adapt or cope with or deal with other things or be attracted to other things in our life that yeah, may bring we more harm
2: we yeah get that right yeah. With, yeah. With that. Yeah.
1: and it just uh, yeah. is normal and we don't realize why we're attracted to it yeah like that's when you get the like cycle of abuse happening where you're you leave one abusive relationship and then you end up in another and you're just like in this constant cycle like why do yeah. I end up in this place mm-hmm. and it's just, just something in that person is just familiar and things mm-hmm. like that something I, like I'm starting to realize too is just like you know um mental and emotional um oppressions and things that we feel and even the abuses that we experience it is very generational it it happens from one person to the next person to the next person because even with the anger and um you know with you know physical you know abuse and stuff like that you know great great grandparents was abusive and then grandparents was abusive parents were as abusive. And then I, even myself was seeing where I was with all the things that were happening to me, that even myself, I was becoming physically abusive. And then I'm like, you know, you know, I don't want to be like that. And so, you know, it really did take God to deliver me, to help me see oh, you're, you're becoming the very thing that you hate because it became like a natural instinct because that's what I seen, that's what I did, you know, kind of thing. But I start seeing like, okay, there's a pattern in the bloodline and that this is something that's happening generationally that, you know, it's not being confronted. And so it's just getting passed on and passed on.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's true yeah and it it do you know you always feel like you said i don't want to raise my kids the same way like my parents did me and then you do wind up falling into a little bit into those habits and you before you know you you're saying things that your parents used to say to you you're doing things that your parents used to do to you yeah so yeah it is
1: some comments from the live so um um from Tashir Tashira she said um we didn't talk about it then but now we do congratulations to all of you for your truth and transparency um transparency god is moving us forward and then we got um, lady j she hopped on and she says um being abused as a child definitely shapes our perspective and influence the people we choose to be in relationships with um and later mm-hmm. um and we got a uh, Shabera had joined us um lady j continued to say it created a high level of insecurity in me and and um i allowed people to mistreat me then eventually it created the opposite where i would lash out and be the one ready to fight and hurt everyone and then um um My cousin Amelia said, hurt people, hurt people, unless you do the work. And then um, Lady J said, thank God for his healing and deliverance. He shows us ourselves and gives us understanding and why we are the way that we are. So shout out to Prophetess Bailey. Shout out to not um, forgive me. If I'm chopping up your name, I'ma just say Nye Young, Miss Young. <laughs> my <laughs> cousin
2: Naima,
3: hey Naima. Hey, oh, Naima.
2: Oh, All okay. your family, fam, right? Okay. That's right.
0: Come on, yeah, fam. Love the support. You gotta love oh, that. Oh yeah, I miss
1: my cousin Devin was on, and then Miss Melissa Vines, Vines. Oh, that's the- Missy.
2: Okay, hey sister Missy. Missy. Oh, she said,
0: I'm oh, proud of you, Ascilla.
3: Oh, <laughs>
2: We're proud of Ascilla, too. We are no, proud. I'm proud of so, you, too. I'm, warned, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get, get that book.
3: Blessings, everyone. I think I need to send that book to all the women in my family. I'm it telling you
1: because i mean and it's crazy and this you know and the fact that we're all family members and so we're see we get to see and just having like conversations with my mom you know just a few weeks we're like seeing okay this is kind of like a generational thing you felt this way you know i felt this way about you you felt this way about your mom and it's just traveling throughout the generation so even emotional feelings towards our parents have become generational and then, you know, experience sharing the things that I experienced and then finding out that my mom also went through those same experience. And then this is the first time I'm hearing that, you know, that my own grandmother was sexually abused. And so I'm like, man, this really is something that's going on through generations. And, you know, even with my father being abused and then his, you know his mother was abusive he was abusive and so it was just it's just generational and I think that's also like a thing that isn't really talked about is that you know men too are abused by women and it's not um highlighted or seen as as
3: bad yes
1: it's like oh she's a girl you're just being like what's it's a
3: point or whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. So, like, Acela, what would you say about, you know, abuse in and, and men? And why is it, you know, took in so lightly compared um, to women being abused by men?
2: Um, I would say because there we go again with more generational stuff, right? Men are taught, little boys are taught that women... We are, you know, they're taught that women
3: is. You don't hit women, and, and I'm
2: trying to think of the right word to say. It's the fact that a matter of that. Stop it! You can't.
3: Um, she's the weaker vessel.
2: Idolized. I'm gonna say oh. idolized. Like they idolize women. You know, when stuff happen with young boys and they looking at that girls, butts and stuff, they get a pat. They get they get a pat. Oh, right, good job, man. Yeah, you know, you're not gonna. The thing with men is, a lot of people say you're not gonna be gay. But just because a little boy is looking at a girl's behind doesn't mean that they're not going to be gay. So they they get high fives and pats on the back at a young age for doing those type of things. So when it's done to them, it's they're not looking at it like that. something wrong is being done to them. Unless it's man on boy or man on young man or man, you know, if it's a woman and a man, an older woman molesting a younger boy, it's almost like hey,
3: high five, you know, so mm-hmm. all of- oh, like you, you got that, you got that, yeah, that's, you know, crazy. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it's not, it's not seen as sexual abuse. As
3: sexual abuse, yes.
1: And it's, it's it's shameful, and I'm like, it is like, okay, if you had an adult male teacher having a sexual relationship with his young, you know, student,
3: Son. So yeah. you
1: immediately you know ostracized and seen as bad but if use if you have a adult female teacher dating her male student it's just like oh yeah you got the bad you know yes,
3: the daddy,
1: like, yes. Yo. It's, it's like that even now even if they are
0: adults it's still like that because if you have a man that's dating a younger woman you know you know it's kind of you know they look like okay that's the man thing to do, you know? And when you have that older woman dating a younger man, they be like, oh, you know, she's a cougar. She's this, and, you know, and they both grow. But I think a lot of stuff like that too comes from back in society when, when, young, when older men marry younger women
3: at They're the age of
0: 14, together. they be in their 20s, mid-20s, and they marry these 14-year-old children and things like that. I think a lot of that coming in in that play too. And but far as like women beating up on men, that kind of thing too, I think um, it's not talked about because I think a lot of men are told to suck it up. Men don't cry. Um, How can you let a woman, it's the embarrassment for them to, to even come out to say that you let a woman beat you up or you let yeah. a woman, or it's even sometimes they, you know, they feel like they might go and get laughed at, that kind of thing. So a lot of sexual abuse, uh, abuse women, because men have been sexually abused by women too, even older, you know, and they don't come out they have been raped by women there's men that have been raped exactly. by women and stuff and they don't talk about it because they be like well how did you allow that to happen you a big grown mm-hmm. man how you let this mm-hmm. woman rape you or how you let this woman beat up on you that kind of thing so i think a lot of it with men is embarrassment uh from them to come out and talk about and the, mm-hmm. the abuse that they go through
3: exactly exactly
1: uh, So we got some more, um, comments in the live. So sister Tanika joined us. Congratulations again on being a grandmommy. How you doing sister Tanika? Um, then, um, my cousin Devin says mental abuse also causes you to hurt yourself because you talk, um, take all the hurt in and build it up to where people, you know, kill themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, um, Sister acilla her um, her service is acting up, and her phone is dying. <laughs> her phone is dying. <laughs> so we we would like to say, you know, thank you so much, Sister acilla for yes, joining thank you for joining us. us.
0: Yes, yes. And, um,
1: if you can, because she's still up here, so if you can still hear me, um, if you can, just text send me. the link. The link to um where you can um buy your your book where it explains more of her testimony and um you know um where she talks about the different different types of abuse and how to overcome those different types of types of abuse um mm-hmm. so that this way um we can I can drop it um mm-hmm. in the in the chat but yeah i you know I find that you know people don't take it seriously, especially when it comes to men, they don't really think or
3: see yeah. it as
1: abuse. That is
3: so important as it is if it was a woman.
1: Yeah, it's like if a woman, you know, ties you up and took advantage of you, it's like, oh, that should be like seen as cool. Mm-hmm. But it isn't. It isn't cool and, and it is mentally, you know, damaging. You know, I, mm-hmm. I know men who were, you know, sexually assaulted and sexually abused, by, you know, even girls their age, and they didn't even realize how much it traumatized them, you know, Mm -hmm. that, you know, until, you know, I start pointing out um, clear signs that you're traumatized, you know, because I know, like, for me, when I was being, you know, I didn't realize it until, you know, recently, you know, when I was being sexually abused and stuff, I wasn't taking showers. I wasn't washing up because just the thought of being naked made me scared. Um, You know, being, you know, being alone and naked made me scared. I was disgusted with myself. You know, I felt myself to be um, gross and didn't want to even touch my own self, you know, and then, you know, just experiencing certain abuse, certain areas were just, just to be in certain areas were very traumatizing to me and I, you know, didn't like being there. And so like when I would talk to, you know, certain certain um, you know, young men and stuff and I'm like, you know, um, why don't you like bathing? And they didn't really couldn't understand why they didn't like bathing. I'm like, Have you ever been touched before? And, and mm. then to be honest and say, Yeah, you know, well there, you know, this girl touched me you know, back when we were like in class, I'm like, "Yeah, you're, you're. It's a sign that you are traumatized,
2: and mm-hmm.
1: you weren't okay. What happened to what happened to you? And it's mm-hmm. okay for
3: you not to be okay with that. You yeah, know? Exactly. Yeah. But you and know what? People- I also, uh, not to cut you off, Teresa. Um, that I also like, kind of. Sometimes I think about it. Like, if you find some people who have been like molested or touched or messed with when they were young or kids. Sometimes it seems like their appetite for sex is is like outrageous. Meaning that either they become over sexual, you know, like always want to have sex, even though they have experienced this, but maybe their identification or Or their process of trying to get over it, they feel like, oh, this is what I need to do in order to get over what has happened to me. So it's like, oh, because you touched me when I was young and it was a violation to them, when they get older, they tend to use sex as a weapon or sex as a way to, you know, overcome maybe the hurt that they felt back then or you know, the, the loneliness or no one defend me or protect me. So then they use the sex as a weapon. You know, you find like, maybe they will, Definitely, you know.
1: Definitely. That was definitely the case with me. Um, and I can, I can honestly, honestly say like, for me, it was like, okay, I was used to people sexually abusing me and sexually insulting me. And so I was feeling like, You know, um, I didn't have control. Like, you know, someone took something from me, uh, took security, and someone was taking control of me. And so, you know, and then experiencing a lot of rejection and things like that. So it's like, okay, I felt like the only thing that people really want from me is my body. So if I give you my body, maybe you'll love me. If I give you my body, maybe you'll be kind to me. And then sometimes it was me trying to gain back the control. I felt like I lost. So it was like, you know, I would play mind games with men. I would purposely seduce them to bend them to my will to get what I wanted from them. And then I had to be on top. I had to be on, you know, in control of that so that this way I feel like I am getting
3: to your control by
1: someone body. else. Yes. Because of someone doing that to me.
3: Yes. Yes.
1: And then you know I would get into relationships and stuff like that, and I would end up getting raped in relationships and not seeing it as rape because of the fact that okay, I'm dating this person or we have had sex before, and so. You know maybe he didn't think you know i would start trying to make an excuse why mm-hmm. when i yeah. told them no and they forced themselves on me why it was okay well maybe he didn't really think i meant no maybe it wasn't that serious no he you know he took advantage of you you told him no you you made it very clear i'm like the fact that you're laying there crying is a is a sign mm mm-hmm. Don't want this, and the fact that he kept going or did what he did anyway, he knew what he was doing. And so it took me time also to realize, you know, I was also getting in a pattern of allowing myself to be raped by men and men I was dating, or men I had messed around with once before, and now it just made that person feel like they had the right to my body whenever.
3: They want it. And I think I, I think I when when my mother told me about her being molested uh, by her uncle I don't know maybe it, it built a wall up against me because it was like you know even if you meet someone for the first time and if they just you know came to the left when it came you know like it was like if you just say you just met a person for the first time and you're going on a date and just say, oh, they took you out to dinner. If they even tried to make that dinner seem like, oh, because I took you to dinner, now you owe me sex. Oh, it was a problem for me. You know, it really was. It was a problem for me. And so I always had a guard up, like, you know, with it, even though I never was sexually abused, but it was just like, I dare you to even think that, because you brought me a meal. You just assumed that we supposed to go have sex. Okay, well, that's not happening. And, you know, I didn't ask for this meal. You offered it. So I don't owe you anything.
1: I didn't offer you it. know. it. <laughs> this wasn't the so <laughs> this wasn't
3: writing. It wasn't was an agreement. I, I, did I didn't ask that enough for this.
1: contract.
3: <laughs> yeah, so, so anytime... Anytime a man even attempted to do that with me, it, I always was like, you know, um, oh no, that's not happening. So anytime I went on a, on a date with a man or anything, I always made sure I had me money to get myself back to where I needed to go, in case he wanted to act stupid, because he wanted to think that because he took me out to eat, that we was going to the motel or hotel or whatever you want, that holiday man. <laughs> and we wasn't doing that, I can get home because I never would put myself in that position because I was in that position one time with someone. And I was like, you could go because I can get me home. Mm -hmm. Believe me. So they left and I was like, goodbye, because we are not going to the motel because I had no intention on going with you. And Mm -hmm. even though I didn't have a way home. (laughs) But because (laughs) I knew people and God made a way for me, I always said to myself, oh, that would never happen again to me. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to put myself in this position again. And I have had several dates where men thought that. And I said, excuse me. And like I asked them the question, what made you think that because you took me out that we have to go to the motel? Why do you think that? And he was like, uh, you know, they didn't, need, you know, because I, you know, I asked them the question, why do you think that? And he was like, oh, uh, well, no, I, you know, it's, I said, but you do think this because you're, you're, you're driving to a motel and I'm asking you, where are you going? And you looking at me like, if I'm supposed to know, we supposed to go to the motel after you took me out for breakfast that you offered to take me. Oh, can I take you out? okay, but now you think that we supposed to go to the motel. I'm not going to the motel with you, mister. I had no intention on going with you. And <laughs> if that's what you think, I'm sorry because you're not getting it. And you don't have to mister. take me back. Mr. Man, I never brother. said I was going to give you no yes, booty. Yes, I never promised you that. And the man oh, really mister, had Mr. Mister, mister. <laughs> yes. And the man, you know what? He had to really say to himself, I am so sorry. I assume, yes. And that's not the right word. Assume you know what comes out of assume, right? <laughs> A whole lot of words. A S S, me and you, and all. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's not. And so he had to really apologize to me. And he said, I'm sorry. And he brought me back home. And it was it was no offense or nothing. But I made him think because I was like, you know, we left the little aha place and we driving. I'm thinking, you know, took you the aha.
0: Wait yeah, he, and then
3: what did he take a a
0: minute, it took it me wasn't a fine dining
3: he took you to IHOP what kind <laughs> of <business is> that? <laughs> took me to IHop, and then he start driving so I'm looking at where we going so I'm like okay well maybe he going somewhere else and then he goes start pulling up into this so I said excuse me where are we going and he looked at me and I it said it wasn't even Red Lobster
0: he took you to yes. IHOP and wanted booty. Hi.
3: I said, "Oh no!" I said, "Excuse, me. excuse me, sir." Um, I sure did. I said, "Excuse me, sir." You think because you took me out for breakfast, this is where we going, and you're going to get sex from me? So he looked at me because I guess maybe he ain't never handled. Oh no, I'm going to have this conversation with Damn you. Man, I said, "Well, I'm so- like, I actually can't get with this IHOP thing."
0: That's
3: why I can't get with. <laughs> he took I me to IHOP. Are you? He took me to
0: IHOP, and then expect for you to give up some booty. With an IHOP meal, it wasn't yeah. even fine dining. Like, no. you know,
3: it wasn't. Even, was... You know, you know <laughs>
0: Lady you know. J said, "No, not IHOP." IHOP. Yeah, I no, mean,
1: I mean it wasn't. It wasn't.
0: It wasn't even Sizzlers. He didn't he a, take you to a, a buffet. I know. He with a buffet is all you can okay.
3: eat. He took me to what IHOP is. and was pulling up into the motel, and I said to him. Oh, no. Wait a minute, and I there was a motel, him. not even a hotel. So, Dad, he really thought you was cheap, didn't he? Because he took you to, to and he took you to motel. Dad, um, when I got finished with him, he nicely brought me back home. And I did not go. Amelia yeah. the he said, runter-
0: "Run, fast, run!"
1: <laughs> and then so to the
3: swimming to unlimited <mumbles> pancakes. He didn't even
0: get the unlimited <laughs> he was to get unlimited pancakes. Try to
1: get hot unlimited pancakes. <laughs> he was trying to get her muffins. You know what? I was told on a date before too that all have muffins. This guy told me on a date before that all vagina has a price. What? Yes, he was. Oh. He was like, you know, of course, I buy you things, get you what you want, because all all vagina has a price. I mean, you're never going to get the cooch for free. <laughs> well, <laughs> he literally told me that. Well,
0: and he realized I, you I, can't I, take I, nobody I, to IHOP hop and take you to a because he
1: thought <laughs> I had the vagina cooch. Uh, it, wasn't, wasn't, it, was it, okay. it wasn't even a
0: buffet. It was IHOP.
1: I, hop. At I have because I was getting a a, a, a a McDonald's. That's what he was okay. trying to say. He was trying to tell her, I hop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what, he was, That's what he was trying
3: to tell her. He was I like, said, Girl, did you not up. get the vision? Oh, I hop on the poo poo.
0: He was like, Do you not get the vision? I hop into you, girl. I hop into you.
3: <laughs> no. And that always been very irritating to me. Like when men want to. Address you or want to just picture in their mind that anything that I do for you, or oh, the next thing is now you got to please me. Oh uh, well, that it's a problem for me. Yeah, because well, a lot of
0: them know want to that. These things, they don't even
3: want to feed you. They just
0: they
1: just want the buns. They don't even want to feed you these days. No, well, at least don't. I got fed, but my thing, they he thought I had the McDonald's cooch. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, he took her to the
3: dollar menu.
1: Get
0: what you want hey, bill you, you,
3: you milk <laughs> you get anything here for $3.99 and nothing <laughs> <Like, laughs> like he didn't even get her the five dollar
0: bill pack he was <laughs> like, like he a five dollar cowboy he gave her the dollar bill. he said you get one burger one drink and one fry that's that's only three dollars i said $3.99.
3: Oh, oh no i just <laughs> oh, think that goodness. i think it's so disgraceful and so discussed it and it, it always been a problem for me for men's to even like just suggest it even even if you're not saying it out loud but just the suggestion because it's not like he said okay oh, you know you know after we eat you know I like for us to spend some time with it. No, he just pulled up into the to, and I was
0: like well where did he go? <laughs> he said he had great expectations, okay? <laughs> he said he was gonna name it and collate it. He said yeah. he had but see,
3: my whole thing is, I, you know, when people. Look, I mean, said you got the two for one special. <laughs> Look, I give when you a you bill. Assume sex with a date, it turns me off. It's just something in me that clicks. Mm. And it's like, you can keep your meal, sweetheart, because I can take my own self out to eat. And if that's what you think, you might as well he pass it. But he bought you some
0: IHOP, and he gave the waitress a tip. He wanted his tip back from you, okay? He said because yeah. you didn't put nothing out on this meal, so he nah. wanted his tip
1: back. He, said he If put you wanted to, okay? And this how nah.
0: put out. I mean, said he had the nerve to speak it into existence. <laughs> <laughs> he it into existence. Nah. He was trying to speak. He wasn't speaking
3: into existence. He was driving it into he was existence because he was driving her to the exactly. motel. But when I got <laughs> finished I with him. When I got finished with him, he ain't had no words. All that man could do was bring me back home. And I meant it. And I told him that you ain't got to bring me back home. You can leave me right here, baby, and go about your business. You don't I get tell people to leave you right there. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Believe me, I have a way to get back home. Because, like, see, I want to get the car with you, and then you be wanting to fight me. But see that's gonna be a whole nother level so what's
0: that saying your mom said don't talk if you don't don't talk that you don't cash a check that you what is that? what's that say don't don't write a don't check write that, a that check your, your book
3: can't cash exactly <laughs> exactly and let me tell you something we would have been we would have been tearing up something too because i'm telling he you would have been i
0: mean he said the lord said keep he said that the he said the Lord said keep the faith, you will have what you say. So he said <laughs> he said he was believing it, he was gonna believe and receive no, that he was gonna get some boot tag.
3: No, and, and no, it was not, and don't even come that way with me. So if, if that's your if any man wanna date me, he know do not come that way because the first time you come that way, Lisa done already shut down on you and she already David, got her. David,
0: here's, your, here's the application. Listen, um,
3: Never that's right the
0: first date. do not that's take me to IHOP right. because we're not going to I, no more I never
3: was a person who wanted to have sex when I first meet you that is not my forte even when I was a sinner and didn't know Jesus it was that's like if you right. came that way with me it was a shutdown for me and it was like go to somebody mm-hmm. else because I don't want to be bothered off it, it was very conversation about like we
0: only been talking for 2 minutes oh. And already just, oh no you got
3: Don't don't even come that way to me and now that I know Christ don't even think it in your brains cuz mm-hmm. it ain't happening. I know. I told oh. you what I'm looking for, didn't I? <laughs> I said I'm looking for a man that want to pay all the bills. Don't want me to cook. I don't want to do nothing. Said, he said you still. He said you still. He said he. <laughs> look. He
0: said you still want him to pay for everything. and still ain't trying to give up the booty. Right.
3: He was like, "Oh my goodness." <laughs> I said, "Lord, maybe that means I'm gonna just be alone by myself, just me and you." Because look, all right, and I done told you what I'm looking for. Okay. No, so if it, that ain't if it ain't not there, I need the Lord to create them for me. I may
0: oh, say God. they think sex at first sight is it, especially now in
3: 2022. Sex no. at first time
0: It's not love at first sight, it's sex at first
3: sight. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, and and I'm not having it.
0: No. Yeah. So Lady J said you had those expectations because so many women are. Are of the same mindset, and it was me too for a while. But I thank God for I thank God I came to be came to my senses and realized my worth. It was what you can do for me, for me. Right? Yes, and it is like that a lot of like, what can you do
3: for me? me? You know, yes.
0: and you know,
3: it was wine and dye me, and then we, you know, if you wanted and die me, then you know the next thing was, oh, I sex you up. Well. I just never been, that ain't you never listen been. listen to that record. song
0: too much. I want to sex you up. Um. No, that,
3: <laughs> <laughs> that Somebody had that song going to replay. <laughs> it, just, it just always, I don't know. Maybe God put that in me, but it's always been like, I, I don't I always, like that. I,
2: mean,
3: I don't, like for, that I don't like for men to degrade women's in the public. Even if I'm your woman, do not touch my backside. And don't be feeling on me outside. That is, oh, do you want me to get? You don't want nobody smack you on the booty
0: when you're. In front.
3: No, don't, don't <laughs> touch. my, No. And even when I was married, I used to tell my husband, I'd be like, "Do not touch my backside when we are. Don't be rubbing on my butt. You don't be having to do all those things. That's privately. I don't like for people to do it in public. I don't. It bothers me, and when women's uh, allow
1: their men to do it, it's, I, uh, it's a turn off for me. To me, because I'll be the offender, okay? Because I'll be <laughs> slapping Chris's butt. Off.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: Chris, oh come on, Chris! I
3: don't do that. Let me say because
0: that. that's low self esteem. We'll have no. you doing and allowing some crazy stuff. That's true. When you have low self esteem, I don't it like it. will that. allow you doing a lot of crazy stuff and.
3: I used giving to up that, a lot
0: of things and doing a lot of stuff that.
3: Because he did that one time, and I said, "Please don't do that." I said, "Something goes through me when, when that happens." I said, "That's <laughs> private between me and you, Rashad. Like, uh, what we do in the bedroom—that's between me and you. People in the street don't have to see that. You—they know I'm your woman. I'm with, with you."
0: Rashad said that. Rashad said, "You look like Aunt Gail." <laughs> what? Rashad he said you. Look, he said, "Lisa, you look like Aunt, Auntie Gail."
3: <laughs> <laughs> she did. Yes, she,
1: does. Oh, she does. That's a little lighter. That's
3: uh, a little lighter. Oh my goodness! No. So let me tell you something. Sex on
1: for- me on Lisa because I was stupid.
3: No, but sometimes. <laughs> we- she said I, I was stupid. I
1: was stupid. I was giving. <laughs> I don't. I don't believe that. She it's said she was
0: giving away for free. You got some. Sometimes you got
1: some pancakes. She, she was
0: giving away for free. She was giving her muffins away for free. No, I just <laughs> think that like she said. You said sometimes what you pay for. It. She said sometimes she
3: was. She had that whole <laughs> game backwards.
2: Look, she had
3: the game backwards. <laughs> she had the game. She had to use her the old truth. She was like, "Baby, what can I clean and wash
0: and do? How much? How much you want for some of that, right there, boy? Boy, let me
3: take you I out can and get you a it. new outfit. <laughs> but you want some new shoes. Should... Pay your phone bill. Oh no! <laughs> I think that's and I cook, what he... And I cook your meal. me look, that he of that. was. I'm every woman. It's all in me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he said, "Boy, just give me some of that." No, Lord, I think Lord, I had She heard Kurt Franklin so Give me some, give
3: me that joy I can't explain.
1: <laughs> <My laughs> now, Angel, had a just to ease my pain.
3: <laughs> now, Angel, I think I had your grandmother. I had that spirit of your grandmother in me when it came to that because there was one thing that it that was not. The, uh-uh. I, I was not having it, uh-uh. no,
0: and true. I didn't like
3: that. I don't like for people to do it. Uh-uh. Don't no. even come. Start talking that. You start talking sex, that's the wrong way. I tell you.
0: But a lot of people do use thing. sex as a use sex as, as a weapon. weapon
3: for everything. They, and I never sex as a I never like that. I never like because I felt like it was always like a degrading to women's like you feel like that's all a woman is good enough for you is to just give you sex. Like there's nothing else about me that you know you may want or see. The only thing that I'm good for is just to give you sex, and it's me-
0: uh, i think with uh, when men think that way i think when those men that think that way they don't see be like okay don't look at you and be like you know this is something well for one a lot of them is worldly men; they not saved, so of course that's the first thing they look at is the outer beauty and then they want to and then that's what they have their mind on they think about that. and you know, laying down with you or being with you, that kind of thing. Uh, a lot of men don't look at you and be like, "Okay, how can I build with this person? How can yeah, they look that, at you and mm-hmm. be like, you know, she got such a sweet spirit, you know, that kind of thing." They don't or look they at, they don't, but but only ones that look at you like that is those that really listen to the Lord. The ones that have a, a relationship with the Lord. If they don't have a relationship with the Lord, they're not going to look at you that way. Exactly. You know, some of them, the first thing they gonna look at will like that booty is banging. You know, and <laughs> I need to get into some of like that, or then someone be like, I need to wipe that because I don't want nobody else to have that. You know, that kind of thing. So that would be that would be it. But a, a lot of men, the first thing they gonna look at is not. Oh, she got such a beautiful mind.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, you know they say, <laughs> that say what sex is one of the men- first. Because. Right. Yes, because a man, like they said, that's one of their first, you know, priority, you know, when they come to the needs of men and the needs of a woman. Like I heard a lot of ministers says, you know, sex is one of the higher rankings when it comes to a man, because they, everything is visual when it comes to a man, you know, so they said see, you visual. know, with the eye and everything. Yeah, and yeah. I understand that, but I just think if you're, well, like you said, these were unsaved men's. And so if you're, you're talking now for men that are saved, okay, they, they're they looking more than just, they're looking at your beauty, but they're looking at you as, you know, are oh, you the one that God has for me because I'm looking for destiny and connection and partnership. I would
1: but say even that, that's for men who are saved. That, that, yes,
3: that's saved. But yeah, I'm because just there a, are men I'm who
1: are saved and not delivered and they still feel right. <laughs> <laughs> and they still see what they.
3: These yeah. are yeah.
0: natural eyes, and not they spiritual eyes. You know, was all looking good, and that skirt was a little bit shorter
1: than the one she wore last Sunday. Last, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, uh, uh.
3: So yes. I, I had to. I realized that I had to make a man respect me, whether you wanted to or not. And sometimes so you do. Even when I was not saved, and being out there, and you know. I was never really a street person, but calling myself being out there, you know, because I was always a homebody, and I hung with people who liked to run the streets. So then I would be out there with them. But see, I always was a, I always stuck out because even when I was with these people, other people would always say, "You're different than them," because I always carried myself different, and I always. Presented myself different, so when men's used to come up to me, I would be in bars with my friends, which I was never a bar person, but I would just be there, calling myself being cool and hanging. And men's would come up to me. I had one man say to me, he was like, "You rough." So I said, "He said, you are rough." He was. She like, still is, y'all. She still is rough. He was like, <laughs> he was like, you, you just. He said, you know. I came over here to offer you a drink, and you. I said, Well, I didn't ask you for one. <laughs> and I said, But that's why do took you to IHOP and wanted to because he no, said he ain't gonna ask you. No, no, you gonna it, say no. This is <laughs> the reason why I said it because you didn't just come over to offer me a drink, you came over to offer me a drink because you had a motive for offering me the brand. And right. your motive was... Uh, uh, Lady J
0: said, I wish I had been able to hang with you when I was younger, laugh out loud. Yes, because, <laughs> because, all the
3: bad because when I right. started talking <laughs> to him...
1: When you at Alisa when I was dating on my crazy... No,
3: but when you? I was talking to him, you know what he said to me? He said, you know what? He said, you know what? I ain't even mad at you. No, because it was true. Like, You can't. I'm just sitting there minding my business. My it's my friend that I'm with. She all of the you know with the man, and you know that's what she was there to do. It wasn't me, it was that was my not my fault. We gotta
1: sell it back in. And
3: and he he said to me, You're right, because I seen you sitting here, Uh and you know, I thought if I get you a drink. That maybe somehow, some way that me and you would, me and you could get together. I said exactly, and that he was, was that, he wasn't even trying to offer you no
0: food. He was just wanted to no. get
3: you drunk. But, you but then when I start talking let to her, let me get
1: you something to drink so you hydrated.
2: So when we get down to business,
3: <laughs> you, and, and, you won't you will be, so be thirsty. thirsty. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but he I just want to say sorry, ladies. My phone hey, died. Man. My phone died, and then. I a having service issues so i'm in a place where it's quiet now and i got some better service oh, <laughs> and, a phone, and a phone charger y'all i had to get a phone charger this was crazy well you <laughs>
0: oh, know that conversation then divert from abuse right. to um pretty much knowing your worth and not letting men take you to ihop and they can take you to the hotel
2: i know that's right
0: you know and also it don't turn to don't let a man buy you one two drinks and think you can take me to a hotel.
3: Look, so I'm just telling you. I feel like look, you uh,
0: Lady J says, sis um you you missed out. That's what Lady J said to you. I'm gonna go Ascilla. back and re- I'm gonna
2: go back and replay it <laughs> on oh, YouTube. <too. laughs>
3: yeah, you like, these
1: look,
0: conversations
1: look. always go loud, they always go crazy.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I think we do. needed your we needed your uh uh book anyway amen for one minute
1: because you know what i feel like also and that confidence that she has also may have derived from the fact that those insecurities weren't planted because of being sexually assaulted because i believe also when you have been sexually assaulted when you have been mentally emotionally abused and stuff and you have begun to see yourself as less, you do begin mm-hmm. to settle for things. You just, you know, just tend to just do things just because you just think that, you know, well, this is just how it always like was or whatever the case might be. And so you do begin to devalue yourself in in relationships and you don't really you know see your worth sometimes and then you you settle for behaviors that you shouldn't um you know you accept relationships that are not beneficial to you or help you and you get in relationship with men that aren't good for you and sometimes you don't have that you know confidence to really you know um do things the way like aunt lisa do <laughs> when <did laughs> you say
0: facts she said facts.
1: because you'd be <laughs> like you know you'd be like oh you're actually you're like paying attention to me and you just you actually see me and i'm not like you know someone you're just trying to force. you know i guess for me it was just like oh well at least you're not trying to force yourself on me you know at least you're having a conversation with me you know and i'm like you know to even have a conversation with you especially when you've been abused or, you know, called out your name or seen as unpopular, which was definitely my case as, you know, uh, as a youth, you know, I wasn't, you know, I was always like called ugly or things like that. Yet the same people who were calling me ugly were sexually assaulting me behind closed doors. So it was like, you know, I just didn't see myself worth anything. And then it was just like, somehow that all that sexual abuse became an addiction for me. Where it was like, you know, where, where I started wanting to control it so bad and feeling in control and seeing how much it can make someone do what I wanted to do. And started feeling powerful in that, that I became an addict, you know, it was just like, you know, if you're not down and I start becoming like a guy, you know, I would literally date people and date guys and they were like, you act too much like a guy for me. But with the N word, <laughs> you, know, you act too much like a guy for me, or whatever the case might be. And I did, I started, you know, like, well, maybe I need to become like a guy. Like, you're not going to use me, I'm going to use you, kind of thing. And then it was like, well, if you ain't trying to put out, why are we even in this car? Why are we even having conversations? So now I have guys like, <laughs> I'm like, what y'all vulnerable for? Like, you should know what we already came to do. Like if you're not trying to put out, like why are we even here? Like
0: oh, Yeah, I would
1: I would like really I would be mean too. Like I'd be ready. Lisa, you're on mute, Lisa.
3: Lisa things me That's like, a form were... of abuse too, because she start becoming like the abuse. Yeah, right? I did. <laughs> You became crazy. That's what she became. Thank the Lord. She became not only crazy, lustful
0: crazy at that.
1: Yes. I was like, I would tell people, I'm like, I became almost like a whole sucker because I'll be like, I'll be ready to fight you. Like, wow. You're not trying to give me none. Like what? I think with me, I
0: had a totally opposite of it. My thing was, I think I was more of, let me help you. I think I had a problem with trying to fix people. Or like wanting to be that person, not so much fixing them, but always want to be that person. Let,
3: let me help you. Yeah. Let,
1: let me, me let me help you get
0: the wounded, let me help the you wounded
3: and, and downcast ones. Yeah.
1: <laughs> See, yeah I went know. through all those phases. The night in shining armor complex. <laughs> <laughs> that I need to be a man now and then also that's when I got into you know my homosexual relationship oh, my now it's like oh I men are evil and so I can love you better than a man and then I became trying to be a man totally just engulf myself and trying to be a man matter of fact my sister and my mom we were all talking about that other thing um what was it yesterday or the day before yesterday and I she, think it like, was the
0: day before yesterday
1: and like my sister didn't know that you know even after I had got saved that I was still doing I was still in homosexual relationships so when I was like talking to her about it she was like girl you transformed into a whole man in front of me she <laughs> was like, I was like Tyrone who's Tyrone
0: yeah, she's still calling her Tyrone oh my like. <laughs> She really took that saying, you better call Tyrone
1: to <laughs> the heart. Yeah, I literally
0: Tyrone. had a
1: whole nother, like, persona. I had a whole nother persona, a whole nother person that people did not see. You know, I mm. went to it and literally had multi-personality disorder.
0: Is that the the why you felt like you
1: need to be my man? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm
0: serious. We had this conversation no, like really two did. weeks ago. We had this conversation because um um they um, some classes that she was taking and I happened to walk in. I had the doctor's appointment when I got in the car. They was talking about it and I was like, um, I was feeling the same way, like always having to do everything perfect, everything right and stuff. And so we got to that and I was like, I felt that way because of the simple fact that I always felt that uh, everything I did Everything that I did that my mother, I could never please her with things that I did. I just felt like I could never please her with what I did. You know, I just felt like it was, I felt that it was always, I felt like, not my sister don't know it that, but I always felt that I would. she would pin me and her together. She would say things like, um, like we was working and I had brought me a refrigerator and stuff and I brought me a bedroom set and stuff like that and I stopped buying my own food and put my my food in my refrigerator, and I remember her saying to my sister, oh, you know, don't be like your sister, Lisa, don't be like your sister, being stingy and stuff like that, or, you know, it was just things that, little things she would say, and then, like, when I did get saved, and I was, like, going to church, all I was doing was going to church, I was singing uh, on the choir and stuff at my church, and then I was going to school and that's all we're doing. And then we did like the church we was going to, they did a lot of recording. So I would go, we would go over to New York and this like that and Brooklyn and the Bronx and stuff and we would record and I was singing and we would, I was singing at all the services and then I would go to school. And sometimes I used to then go get home until like one, two o'clock in the morning Then I had to get up and go to school and there's like that. And like, there was days that like, she would still say something like sarcastic or smart to me. And so I always felt that I can never do anything to please her, like, no matter what I did, you know, so, and I think I just grew up with that mentality that I'm going to just show her that I could be better than what she think I am, you know, so, and so I always put on that, um, gotta get my 100, like, there could never be flaws in anything I did, and so me, we was talking your mother like was that. a
3: little, your mother was a little bipolar and crazy, you know, until yeah, you- well, I didn't know
0: that <laughs> until I got older, but that's what I always felt, I just felt like, like she'll do things and then she'll
3: come and back she later. she did that with all of us. Yeah, Because it was the same thing with me because I always felt like, you know, I was the messed up child. Oh, you got pregnant at young age, you know, Teresa was a little older, you know, but I was the one who everything was wrong because, you know, I was a teenage mom and, you know, and it was this, it was that. But then at the same time i was the one that she put a lot of the responsibility on so i felt like i never had a childhood and my grandmother which was my mother who we would we was raised up around even though we was around both our grandmothers we never knew our grandfathers but our grandmothers we both knew but we was under my father's mother mostly because she bought the house and we all lived in the same home together. You know, we all had our own separate apartments, but it was her home. She had like a three family home. So I, I was always very close to my father's mother. And even before she passed, she said to me one day, she said, you know, I prayed for all my kids and all my grandkids. And I had all your names sent to um to be written in Jerusalem, in the, in the walls of Jerusalem. And I was like, Jerusalem? I was like, what's that grandma? She said, the holy place. I said, the holy place, you know, because I knew nothing about, you know, I really didn't know anything about that, but we always had a sense of godliness in our home because my mom was raised up Catholic and she Mm -hmm. always prayed, even no matter what she did. My mother was an alcoholic. And she got over that. But even in her drunken state, my mother would not go to bed till she did her cross, her Hail Mary, whatever it was that she was doing. Hail Mary, grace. <laughs> so we always had that. And even when we was young, me and my brother used to always go to church. And if they, even if my mom didn't go, but my grandmother said to me, she was like, yes, I had your name written down in the holy place. And I was like, the holy place. And that's the first time I ever heard of you know Israel and Jerusalem and I really didn't really understand it still but she said it's one thing I prayed Lisa and I always asked God to be with you and I was like what well, grandma and she was like because you never had a childhood she said this to me she said you never had a childhood your mom and dad always put a lot on you at a young age and I see you grew I seen you grow up and you never had a childhood and I didn't but I didn't even recognize it until she said it. But then when I did, when I got a little older and I'm already a mother of two now, even when I had friends, when they would talk about things that they did when they were child, oh, you remember when we was in high school and we went to the concert? And I said, I ain't never go to no concert. <laughs> <laughs> I was like the Eddie Murphy. Oh, we ain't never had that. <laughs> I ain't never get so it started. I started looking back at it and even people who were older than me, like I, I was always around older people. I always hung around my aunts or my my uncle, you know, my mother, brother, or his lady friends or whatever. And everyone always used to say that I was, I act more mature than I should have been at the age that I was. So even when I hung around my cousins and them, anyone that was older used to always say, she had different than them. And it was because they still, act like their age. You know, they were children. So they act like a child, but I always stood in like a grown-up mentality because I had to grow up faster than maybe what I should have. Mm -hmm. So even when I did become an adult, people always said to me, I always felt like I was not smart. I always felt like, you know, someone was always smarter than me, this and that. I didn't, you know, I didn't get no degrees from college and you know, I didn't have no college degrees or anything. but And so I always felt like I was never really a smart person. But when I would talk to people, they always used to say, but you know what, Lisa, you may not never went to college and you may not feel like because you don't have no degrees from college. She said, one woman said to me, and she was a woman that went to our church. She said, but I'm gonna tell you what you do have. She said, you got a college and life experience. And sometimes, baby, that's better than anything college could ever give you. And she said that to me. And when she said it to me, it really, it, it did something to me because I always felt like someone else was smarter, someone else was this, or someone else was that. But, but people always used to come to me, I'd be like, well, what are they coming to me for? You know, I ain't got no college <laughs> degrees, you know? Sometimes I'd be saying, spell that word again, how do you spell it? You know, but they will always come to me. And when she said to me, she said, "But see, God has given you a degree in life." And she said, "And everything." She said, "That's why people." She said, "Girl, I'm talking to you, and you don't bless me, and you don't even know that you bless me." So I said, "Really?" So she said, "Yes." And and so when she said that to me, it kind of gave me a self worth for myself. And even though. You know, even when it comes to my kids and their friends and different things like that they always come to me, but I've always been kind of like a no-nonsense person. It's like I can have fun with you, but then it's like, okay, business is business. And okay. this we ain't got time to be playing now, okay?
0: But it's this funny you say that, Lisa, because I tell <laughs> I tell um my age all the time. I said that's why I have Lisa on these little uh, women probably power ones they had these kind of conversations. I said because Lisa, because Going to POP, I was like, Lisa have learned so much stuff. And then she keeps it all to herself. And I was like, that's why I have her on there. I said, Lisa knows a lot of stuff, but she just keep it all to herself.
2: You that you
1: that you that man that the Lord was talking about in the Bible who had a coin and buried his coin. And didn't do nothing with it. That's it. <laughs> Wait
2: a
0: minute. Now, Lisa, Amelia said, you smarter than me. You get paid and pay bills first. I get paid and go check Chick fil A and for a cop song. <laughs> so
1: crazy. <laughs> well, Prophetess Belly asked a question. She said, Could turning to women have been a defense mechanism to keep men away? It definitely was. I see men as evil. I definitely seen. seen you men- did. Um, because I at first I, I seen my father as evil. Um was. And I was sec- being sexually abused by boys in my neighborhood and then, you know, um I was being um abused by stepfather and watching my stepfather abuse my siblings and um, uh, you know, and then watching my mom get her heart broken and be mistreated by men. So I started seeing men as evil. And even though I was sexually assaulted by women too, at least with women, it wasn't painful. It wasn't as painful as it was with you know, a man penetrating you and, and things like that. And so you know, it's like, you know, I just the thought of a man touching me or trying to penetrate me was disgusting. Like, I just seen it as
3: gross. like That's how my mother was. That's That's the
2: how my- thing. That's, you know, when I, from when I got molested, I didn't see the men as evil. I saw them to be scary. So I was very scared of men. And then I turned to a woman. Um, and because I was so fearful of a man. And then I got into, a, when I got back with a man, I was in a long, long relationship. So I never even experienced the dating. Nobody take me to IHOP.
3: <laughs> oh, don't y'all start with my IHOP.
2: <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like at least she got the
1: IHOP. I want right. to know, The IHOP
2: because I wasn't getting the. IHOP. I think that's a, I think that's an issue too, because like for me, I did I. You know, I'm starting to date myself, like go places myself, learn more yes. about me, but I didn't date. It was like, I went from this relationship, long relationship with this woman. Well, first with this man, then a long relationship with this woman and then a long relationship with this man. And it was like, you know, it wasn't really like I was dating. I didn't date. I didn't go out and explore the world. Well, <laughs> now this was different I was in a relationship dating. then I became a mother.
3: Because you was in relationship. I didn't stay in the... Now, I have two children, okay? And they have two different dads. And the reason why? Because I keep telling y'all, I have this problem now. If you start acting the wrong way, you got to go. I'm not dealing with you. I so I, I was always that like the... that in my I was always like that in my life. So even when I got in the relationship with my son's father, he was my first love. He was my puppy love i was just so in love with him but because he was you know one of them men, you know young boys who just wanted girlfriends girlfriends here and he was dating and dealing with everybody because i felt like he was only supposed to be with me i couldn't tolerate it so it was like okay now i'm pregnant from you i don't want to be bothered no more go about your business i'll take care of my baby by myself i don't need you okay so That was that relationship. Then when I got to my daughter's father five years later, even though I did have a baby in between there that I lost, it was with every man that I dealt with. It was like, if I couldn't get what I wanted out of them or they wasn't doing what I expected from them, I had no tolerance. So it was like, goodbye. I'll be by myself. I'll do what I need to do. I put myself in this position. I just had to do what I gotta do. And I did that through all my life until I got with my husband. And when I got with my husband, he was something too that I realized I didn't really want, but I was already married. And the Lord let me get married and didn't find it out because the Lord had something for me to do. And you know what he had me to do? He said, Lisa, I prayed, I cried, I did everything to get out. I said, Lord, I want this marriage. And no, I'm not dealing with this. And he said this to me, he said, Lisa, everything you've been taught, you're going to have to live it. You're going to have to walk through this. And I was like, I don't want to. Mm -mm. I want to get rid of this one. (laughs) And he was like, nope. He said, you're going to live the life that you've been taught in the word, and you're going to do it through this marriage. And he had me do it. And it was something that was very hard for me to do because I didn't want to do it but I had to yield my will to God because I wanted to run and he told me I had been running all my life but every relationship he was that I was in I always ran it was like as soon as you not doing what I need to do I got to go or you going so I never mm-hmm. stayed in a relationship long enough to really even work on the relationship because it was like as soon as you act stupid you got to go I was so, like a,
0: a lot like a seller too though. I, I never really dated either. Like I was just in relationships. Like it wasn't like, okay, let me pick you up, let's go out to eat and we was friends and all that kind of stuff. No. It was like I was just like that too. Like my kid's father, straight into a relationship. And actually he was like when I first met him, he actually had a girlfriend that I made him get rid of. And then I got into a relationship with him that I got pregnant with Naige. And stuff and like you now i was in a seven-year relationship with him and then after that you know me and him had three kids together and then after um, me and him split you know there was a couple hit and misses in between that but then um uh, <laughs> and then i got into a relationship with you know my youngest daughter father and then we wound up getting married so it was never like i never dated i just went straight into relationships
1: you
0: know, so I never
1: really like I went from relationships back to back like I would get out one relationship and then it wouldn't be soon after that I would end up in another relationship and so I would have long, you know, periods of relationships and then like um, when I got my first divorce, you know, um, you know, I prayed to the Lord because I was trying to fight for, for that marriage I wasn't trying to let it go And the Lord was like, no, you need to let that go because I didn't tell you to marry him in the first place. And I was, you know, and the Lord said, it says, whom the Lord joined together, let no man separate. That means I do the separating. And I didn't even tell you to marry this man. That's why you went through all the stuff that you were going through—hair loss, all kinds of stuff. Like literally, I all the curses of Egypt. I was having
3: <laughs> was he had all the hair
1: loss, breaking out in rashes. <laughs> I mean, just
0: nothing. He had all the
3: plagues. Said, she
1: would like call me up,
0: mom. My hair from mom, my hair from mom, my hands got rashes all over. <laughs> I was like, he
3: had all the plagues. I mean, she like be
0: me.
1: all the issues that I had when I was a child. And when I got saved all those issues went away skin eczema problems all that stuff went away I got married to this man all those things came back every childhood issue allergies eczema skin rashes and then plus some stuff I never experienced before it didn't make sense I'm like what is it I would get random swelling in different areas and stuff didn't know where it was coming from or why it was happening go to the doctors they have no medical explanation and so then I knew okay this is something
3: that's really mm-hmm. happening.
1: even my mm-hmm. own um uh, my own you know cycle feminine cycle changed like where before I would go long periods without having one, but when I would have them, it would be a normal flow. But now it was like, I would have them, but they would just be spotting. I wouldn't have a normal, a normal bleed or anything like that. It would be like just spotting. And the whole time I was, you know, married, you know, married to him and stuff like that. Like my whole body was changing. I was going through all kinds of stuff and literally, um, I started having panic attacks, um, and, and I, I was, was
0: like, like, girl, come on out here to Arizona. I had <laughs> to get her away. And
1: like literally the doctor wow. was like, if you don't get out, he's like, I'm not someone to tell them what to do in their marriage, but if you, it was a doctor. It was like, and that's what made me take it serious. He was like, if you don't get out of this relationship, it's going to kill you because wow. no way that someone should be able to run your blood pressure up this high. This is pretty- mm-hmm. So I was like, come different. on to Arizona. Come on. Come on. Yeah. When, when I did <laughs> let him go and everything and, you know, allow, you know, and I went through a depression because I started thinking about all the things I lost in that marriage, all the things that I gave up. It was like, man, like my whole destiny and everything got altered because I gave up recording. I was teaching on the radios. I was doing all kinds of stuff. And then i like literally doing music and all, all kinds of stuff, and literally gave up my whole life, gave up my whole mm-hmm. life, so it felt like my whole destiny just derailed, and then I found out later that he was a warlock, you know, huh? <laughs> no wonder all the curses of Egypt came upon <laughs> me, <laughs> you know, kind but of thing. You know up. what,
0: that's how you know when a relationship is not good, because if that person is not adding to your life, and all they're doing is taking like leeches and stuff, then you know that is a very unhealthy. If they're not adding, you know, who is that? Uh, Apostle said that,
3: well, how he said it again? Four type, there's four types of people, he said that you will have come into your life. He said, you will have those that will were, that were add, multiply, divide and subtract. He said, now it's up to you to realize who's in your life and who you're gonna allow into your life. And that's one thing my mother used to always say that my daughter was good at. She don't want nobody that's attracted. <laughs> you want anybody that's that they
1: Okay, <laughs> and she just she just said that. She
0: said add and multiply to your life. She said not those that subtract
3: and divide. Yeah, <laughs> so she, she used to always that. say that. And then my
0: said a million word cousin.
3: <laughs> yeah, so she used to always say that about my daughter. You know, and so and it's the truth. But I I understand that too, not Asia, but. Some I heard people say, oh God won't give you this and God won't let, but but it's not true. See, there's some things God will give you a hard place to be in because He He needs to mold some things in you. Or he Mm -hmm. needs to take some things up out of you. And Mm -hmm. sometimes he needs to build some things in you. So Mm -hmm. sometimes the things that we go through in life is not always the enemy or something that we may even did wrong. Sometimes it's things that God is allowing to happen because there's things that he needs to do within us. Because he he, he knows the destiny
0: how we put ourselves over. in
3: situations right. too, yeah, though. We, we put ourselves into situations. Not listening. But then he will help us through it, but then, that you we know, like we, got, we got to go through it. So <laughs> when it came to my... Your marriage, daughter said, yep,
0: that's my ex-husband. Um, He said, well, I was <laughs> preparing her for Denzel. <laughs> Denzel got a husband. I mean, a wife. He got a wife. <laughs> but, so but know, he crazy. My, she
3: about my Mom told me <laughs> when it came to my marriage, she said, Lisa... Cause she used to always say things and i'd be like i'm not telling her nothing because she always got something negative to say but she said okay i'm not gonna say nothing when you come to me about your marriage but there's one thing i do want to say to you she said i don't believe that this marriage is going to be forever She said i believe god gave it to you for two reasons one You was very rough, Lisa, and God needed to, you know.
1: Tenderize
3: that heart. Soften you up. Heart tenderizer. (laughs) He (laughs) said God needed to soften you up. And two, because I think that he put you in the relationship for him to get to know God and really know who God really is for his Mm -hmm. life. So he used you to bring him to God, but he also used him to do a work in you. So when she said that, you know, you know, at first I ain't want to hear that, you know, cause I ain't want to hear that, but I always tell people, sometimes people say things to me and I don't want to hear it, but I never throw it away. Hmm. I may not like what you're saying, but I always take it later. And when I'm with the Lord or I'm in my private time I think about the things people say to me and I go to the Lord and I have to you know heed to what people are saying because sometimes people tell you the truth and you know the truth always hurts. you don't want to hit the you they said that you said set you free that so, be free set you free so when my mother said that to me I knew in my heart that me and this man was not going to be death do us part I knew it in my heart it wasn't but I didn't realize that the cycle he was bringing me through was really beneficial for the both of us and it was something that i had to experience mm-hmm. so once i really yield myself to god to go through it because i'm gonna tell you it was you know i, I it was a rough one i didn't want to kill you know and i really was fighting against it but i when i really yield everything that i experienced god I could see, I could always see him in it. And I could always see him moving and doing. And even though it was, I tell people my marriage was, it was a hard one. I'm not going to say that it was really a a, a bad, just, you know, oh, it was just stressful. But it was a hard one. It was a real hard one. But I seen the grace in it. And I experienced, and the things that I experienced, I've learned a lot from it. So mm-hmm. it made me... It did. It did tenderize me because you know I'm a rough one. Yes, and I keep I think with you.
0: everything. Everything you go through, and every marriages or relationship you go through, you should take something away from that, it and somehow and make you better. You know, yes. and it, whether it was good, bad, abusive or not, there's just something that you should take away from that relationship that should make you better, not worse but it should make you better. better. I it actually
1: learned how to be single and like even to the point where I enjoy like after I got that you know got that separation you know I'm like you know this is the first time in a very long time in my life that I actually am single like and I started listening to Dr. Miles Monroe the myth of singleness and really learning how to be a single human being, just not Asia. just learning how to be not Asia, love not Asia, let God love not Asia. And I realized, you know, my whole life, I've never really truly, you know, been like alone or whatever. And then it was like getting to the place where I was enjoying it so much that even when I was like, you know, dating Chris, I, you know, when he did ask me to marry him, I, I told I almost told him no. Because I didn't want to give up the freedom.
3: You're your freedom. <laughs> I didn't
1: want to I didn't want to give it up and stuff. And you know, even what, what you were saying, Aunt Lisa, you know, absolutely right. Because even when I went through the stuff with my current husband, now this marriage, guy was saying, No, you, I don't care if you're not happy about (laughs) this. You ain't going nowhere. (laughs) Uh, I have a plan for this marriage and you're going to stay in it. So, you know, I always say, you know, some, some people, God gives the courage to go through something, go through it, through what needs to, you need to go through, you know, that's where you get some relationships that are abusive, and that man does end up getting delivered, and they do have a really good marriage after that. So some people, God gives the courage and the strength to go through something. Yeah, the and
3: grace, some yeah. Some
1: people, God gives, you know, the grace and the courage to lead.
3: Yes. And that's so true.
1: we have to know what's the difference.
3: Well, he gave. He didn't give me the courage or to lead, but I fast and prayed and accidentally, now if you want me to stay, I'll stay, Lord. But I'm going to tell you my heart, because you already know, I don't want to do this anymore.
1: <laughs> Amen. But, but I know we're like pushing like two hours here. We, was, we get caught up in these conversations and stuff. Don't start nothing and it
3: won't be nothing.
1: <laughs> so I would say, you know, Asila, just, you know, um,
3: I need her website. I I'm gonna get that book. I'm gonna give it to some people.
1: because you know we know a lot of people who. who... Yes,
3: mm-hmm. I want to read it. I might I have been abused have, and I don't know a I was abused. No. I need a. There's
0: so so forms of abuse. There, are. So, if
2: you, you want right. to a, if you want to buy a signed copy from me, I do have copies. Um, hold on, she disappeared.
1: Yeah, she disappeared. Acilla, are you still there?
3: I know she's having you. Okay, you there want...
1: she is. I see her now. Yeah. On. Uh, I think that yeah. would
3: give us that. Give it to us.
1: Um, I want. Oh, play. her phone is breaking up.
3: Well, I think she's having you
0: wanted to signed copy that you can, can get y- a promo. Hear me. Oh,
2: okay, okay, there you
0: yeah. go. There you go.
2: No why? What? what? Can y'all hear uh, me now?
0: Yeah, Yeah. we can can hear you. There you go. Really? I'm delayed. Okay, there you go. Am I
2: delayed?
0: Not anymore. You was at first, but not Mm -hmm. more.
2: I'm good now. Yeah, you good now. Uh I'm live. I'm live and popping. He sounds like Teresa. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to get a signed copy from me, which I do have some at hand, I can mail them off to y'all um you could just send me an email um my first name a s e e a l a h at gmail.com and my email address you could just say you want to get a copy of the book and um put your address and i will send you the book immediately right and we'll
0: put the email up on the site too now you can
2: also buy it from amazon um her eyes of awareness on amazon as well
0: yeah, and we'll copy paste the link into the into the um, into the um, live too, so that way if anybody wanted, and if you're not sure, you can always inbox us on Facebook, Instagram. And if you,
2: also, if you wanted to buy it, like Lisa was saying, she might want to buy it for somebody else. If you put in the email you want to buy it for, like let's say you want to buy it for Lisa, and you say you know something about her, because I do pray over all my books when I send them out. Mm-hmm. Um, And God might tell me something to write in there. Or You might tell me what you you know who is for and you know give them an encouragement word and I can write an encouraging word to that person, you know. Yeah, we
0: like that personal touch. Oh, that's yeah, that's we just good. get it from you. We would, we just yeah, I better it just you. get it from her, yeah, because Amazon ain't gonna pay or nothing, they just gonna throw <laughs> <them boxes laughs> <in> it <laughs> and one their that money. That's it, that's it. We need it when they get to that person to touch that person in a way yes, they will never that only, yeah, because, because you
2: know what. I
3: wanna I wanna pray and ask God who in my family to send it to because I just think that that is beautiful, that book, and I just think yeah. we all need to be able to copy
0: of too. I you know, I really I really hope that y'all, you know, dig in and might wanna um LLC that thing and or you know make it expand your business because i think i mean they have a lot of stuff like that for people that have kids with autism and things like that and you know right. down yeah. syndrome and stuff like that because no parents do it because i used to be a respite worker when i lived in jersey and stuff so i what I, part I, of
2: jersey did y'all live
1: in jersey.
2: Uh, are you i'm from north yep i used to live on 15th street and avon avenue
3: Ooh, oh yeah, over there with my cousin. Then was on
0: my cousin's place. Well, we're gonna have to talk oh. sidebar. We're gonna have to talk sidebar to you after. Definitely. But, <laughs> but um, you might be of the
2: sun. Y'all might be some long lost cousins and yeah, stuff. But probably, y'all, are my we
0: do have a lot of. We do have a lot of family out there. So you do. So okay. you might be right. But yeah. So oh, man,
1: she gonna be cousin of Cilla now. <laughs> They're my cousin. <laughs> I'm like, that's where you get that
0: apple hair from, because that do run in our family.
1: <laughs> family genes, okay? Cousin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but we'll Let's put we'll play. put everything we'll put everything up up on the site and everything else. So then that way, um, the people that want it, they can just email yes, you. the information and stuff like that. But we just want to thank everybody for hanging in with us for these two hours and 14 minutes that we have been up here (laughs) chit-chatting and everything else, interrupting everybody's lunchtime or their little breaks that they have. We want to thank you for hanging out with us. Join us again next month on our third Wednesday at noon for our next Women in Power Wednesday. And thank you, Asila, for joining us, Lisa, Asia. You know, those Thank are my sidekicks. All our
3: viewers,
0: yeah, t- subscribe man. to us on YouTube. Follow us here on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, we don't really tweet, but we are up there. So, if you want to follow us on that, you can too. We don't really post a lot, but you can. But we're here. If there's anything that you want to talk. Talk, want us to talk about that yes. we have not discussed you can always just send us an email reach out to us if you know us personally you can just text us and you know regularly and we'll discuss it you know because we never know what people need but you know we're here to help any way that we possibly can thank you for joining us and we we'll see you next I'm month right. same time same back station
3: thank you guys Bye. 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 <laughs> That agent got to tell us if we off the air or not.